Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. It's Friday, so we have Mr. Pat Gray in. Yay! Thank you so much for uh, for being here. I know you have to wake up super duper early, so thanks for thanks for staying for the show. I get up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. As yeah. soon as I go to bed, I have to get up. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. Yeah. It sounds like not a great uh, setup, Pat. It's not. It's not <laughs> right. ideal. Stu, what's the top story? Uh, the Right to Life March is today. And uh, it's the top story because there's been this thing where, like, you know, dozens of millions of babies aren't here that should be alive. So I feel like it's a big story. Huh. Yeah. Uh, really? I feel like it's worth a walk. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, it's it's still, it's a continuing border situation in the, the shutdown. And how do we resolve it? Who comes out of this looking good? Yeah. All right. A lot to get into there. Jason. Twitter fight. That's what is most important to me today. Um, that's <laughs> what I got into earlier. And I know that just means so much to everyone. You know, a Twitter fight is so mm-hmm. impactful. Absolutely. But I did get into a Twitter war today. Um, but the more and more I looked into this issue when this whole world sparked, the more I started getting pissed off over progressive uh, arrogance. Mm-hmm. Um, the, their claim that we use dark money, they don't. Um, and then veterans issues. So a lot to go mm. into. I'm gonna need about 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, like yeah, we'll, just, so. we'll just leave. You can have the floor. Turn them loose on overtime, and then we leave. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jason, uh, in-house keyboard warrior. Mm. Uh, got a lot to get into, but before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Um, so my son still asks for me to carry him. He's six, and he's like, "Carry me," and I'm like. Ah. Mm. Okay, I don't want to be the uncool mom who doesn't carry you, but he kills my back. He's so heavy. Um, and I know, Jason, you've taken Relief Factor as well. You've been in the military. Yeah, speaking of speaking It's hard of on your body. Big time, yeah. I had shoulder issues, knee issues, all that stuff. Couldn't run like I was used to when I was in the Marine Corps. Was on this for a week and a half, and I was already able to run my daily three mile. It was awesome. Wow, just in a week yeah. and a half. A week and a half. Didn't That's take, amazing. Didn't take the, what, two weeks, I think, they say. Yeah, they have a three-week quick start pack. But, you know, Glenn you, is also taking it. Yeah, Pat, do you, how do you do on your daily 12-mile run? Um, it's 15 now. It's 15. 15. Yeah, it's 15. Wow. It's really working. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Twice a day. So it's really 30 oh, wow. together. I just yeah. got alpha at the table. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you, you know, maybe your age is catching up to you. Maybe you've got back problems, neck problems, knee problems. Uh, whatever the case may be, try Relief Factor and see if it works for you. It's worked for us here at The Blaze. You can get a three-week quick start pack right now for only $19.95. About 70% of the people who try that quick start pack go on to keep purchasing it. So the odds are in your favor that it will work for you. It is worth a try. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. All right, Stu. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Right to Life March... Mm-hmm. I have not seen any coverage of. There's almost no coverage of it every year, and it's one of the largest marches that happens. This is the first time here. First year that. Well, you actually, because you said off air, you said that it was today, because I thought it was tomorrow. Yeah, women's marches tomorrow. And I hadn't Mm -hmm. seen any right to life coverage for today. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking at the news all day, right until we. Not even on Fox. I I didn't. I haven't seen anything. Didn't see it. No, it's interesting because they uh, they do it every year, and you know. From a publicity standpoint, maybe just doing it every year isn't a great idea because people just get used to it happening every year and no one notices it, um, which is silly. And is it really maybe worth it? There's only been 60 million babies killed yeah. so far. And that's is it point. really worth a yearly event? <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Come on. Uh, when it becomes a real yeah. issue, then you can talk about doing it every year. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, you know, when we think about the uh, worst things that have ever happened in the history of the planet, 
start there. Um, a lot of us get like, uh, um, you think of like terrible uh, crimes, you think about, you know, serial killers, you think about um, awful, awful policies that wind up killing a bunch of people, wars, right? Um, and those are, of course, up there, uh, all of them. Um, but I think the worst things that we do as a society or the worst things that have ever been done in humanity are typically not things like that, that everyone can stand around and say, that is a horrible thing and no one should be doing it. You know, go back to slavery. Like, yes, I mean, I think a lot of people, certainly Ben Franklin absolutely was aware um, as a strong abolitionist and many of our founders were that way. <laughs> However, we also had a society that had lived and came out of a, uh, you know, a world where slavery was the norm in many, many, many places. Um, and so people, there was a there was a, a justification that went on when people said, you know what? I mean, obviously all men are created equal, but they're not men. They're black people, so they're just basically property. You know, that was really the mm-hmm. thought at the time. And it was uncomfortable, I'm sure, for a lot of people. I'm sure in the quiet of night, a lot of people, if they came across their minds, they thought to themselves, that doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem like Even the right Even slave owners felt that way. Even slave owners felt that way. Um, some, we, I mean, yeah. some of the hardcore, I'm sure, in the yeah. South were fine. But, you know, the Jeffersons and Washingtons, mm-hmm. and there were, there were thoughtful people who thought, this is not right. There's something wrong here. And, yeah. and, and, but it was hard to, to kind of take on, you know. Um, I think this, some of this happened, uh, you know, in, with Jews in Germany, right? Like, yes, obviously we know Adolf Hitler, horrible, horrible, horrible crimes. But there was a strong enough distaste for Jews that allowed him to get, get over that. The general anti-Semitism mm-hmm. um, allowed a lot of people to kind of just go the other way. And a lot of times people, I'm sure, thought, like, I don't know, should we be doing this? Bah, but they're Jews. So, I mean, it's probably okay, right? I think that's where that that's this situation with abortion. Um, you know, uh, you get in, you can get in Twitter fights uh, all day about this with people um, about you know women's right to choose and all these things. But stop and back up for a second. These are people that should be alive and aren't. Sixty million people in this country alone, which is a small slice of the actual uh, problem worldwide, should be alive today and aren't because. We don't really want to talk about this topic. It's a little annoying. It gets you in Twitter fights. It's uncomfortable. You don't want to be blamey. You know, these are people that should be here. They should be here doing great things. They should be here doing terrible things. They should be annoying people you know at the gym and wonderful people that, that, uh, that, that, that solve your illnesses. All of this, uh, whether they're good people or bad people, doesn't matter. They are people that had the right to live. And here we are. Five dozen million people later, and we can't even bring ourselves to have a conversation about this legitimately in politics. And the worldwide figure, you know what it is since 1973? One billion. Billion. A billion people. I mean, how can this not be incomprehensible at some point in the future? Right. We look back and this is this line has been moving. Right. People, uh, you know, when before we had all this technology, people didn't know what babies really looked like in the womb. And then we get the ultrasounds and then we get the 3D ultrasounds. And now we all know all the details. And this line keeps people get more and more uncomfortable with where that line is. Eventually, we'll get to a point where people look at this and say, wait a minute, like this is the one of the worst things that has ever happened yeah. in the history of the planet. And I do not say that lightly. I was it is just, that big of a deal. I was just watching a, a point that Ben Shapiro was making. I think it was on Fox uh, earlier today 
But um, they were pointing out there was this article, I think, in the Post, where they were saying that you know the uh, you know that um, pro-lifers always use like a science you know background when they're trying to prove their case that this is a life, this is a human life. And then they add in something smarky, snarky, like even though the majority of the science community supports you know abortion, and Shapiro was, made this really great point that really put it in perspective. Like these people of science are the same ones that if a tiny micro my, uh, microorganism was found. Let's say on Mars, mm -hmm. they'd be like yes. the first word they would say is mm -hmm. "life found on Mars," right? And they would do everything in their power to protect right. it and to make and nurture it and make sure that everything was perfect with that. Yep, they're the same ones, but they can't call a human being in its in its earliest stages of development life. Yeah, ridiculously hypocritical and stupid. unbelievable. Yeah, it's um, unbelievable. The same people will try to save the the cave dwelling Paiute trout yes. um, that, because it's endangered and, but they don't care about human life yep. yeah. in that form. Um, I do want to bring this up uh, to the table in a gentle way. Um, Please do. Okay. I'm up for all gentle debates. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, good. Because, so we just talked about this uh, a couple days ago, Pat, you weren't here, but mm -hmm. we went through the statistics of the Marist poll. Yes. Um, and Glenn and Stu and Chad Prather and I talked about, you know, how, where we stood on um, cases of rape and incest. And um, so, you know, I, I shared pretty much the same viewpoint with Glenn is that it, it doesn't feel right to me, but I don't feel like I can dictate to this person who's just suffered, a, you know, a trauma what mm. they should be allowed to do in that event understood that it's hypocritical to say, but, you know, that's just my feeling. So I got some viewer um, feedback on that, and they were very upset with, with Glenn and with myself. Really? Um, I thought yeah. usually people are upset mm. with me on that one. <laughs> no, they were very upset with us because they said that, you know, um, you know, morally we were wrong and it was going against the Bible, and they sent me some Bible verses to show, you know, how wrong I was on that issue. But, it, you know, it made me think... I'm with you. You know what I mean? Like, like deep mm -hmm. down in my heart, I have the same conviction that you yeah. do. And I wonder if we could just, if we could shape our narrative to be less critical of someone who you know is like, yeah, I, I agree with you. I just, I can't, I'm not to that point yet, but I'm on board yeah, as a whole, I, you know? And I just, I wonder if, if, if the GOP and, and you know, the pro-life people, if we could just shift the messaging a little bit to be less, you know, condemning if other people would be more like, yeah, you know what? I'm proud to say that I, I'm with you because, you know, you're not did criticizing you, me if I'm not. What did you and Glenn say? I, I missed that show. Did you say you guys agreed with abortion if it was an incest? Yeah. Right. yeah, well, we didn't say we agreed with abortion. Right, you I mean, said, you could, I, could, I would make my own personal decision about it. But, you know, if it was my friend or, you know, he said my daughter or someone that I knew that said, you know, I was raped and I am pregnant and I don't, you know. And I don't want to carry the rapist baby to term. Right. Every single day it's, is just mm -hmm. agonizing for me to think about and mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. I couldn't, I would give them advice. There's but, no question that's agonizing in an awful it situation. Is but, but I mean, I always take this from my perspective, which is deeply Christian religious uh, perspective, is that that's a, you were there with your heavenly father before you were born. You yeah. know, that, that is a life that has a soul and was given specifically for a purpose, mm -hmm. right. which makes it sacred. Yeah, and I, and I think we yeah. talked about this the other day, and, and uh, to your point, like I think we had the conversation the other day about this that <clears throat> is the way it should be talked about, which mm -hmm. is people understand, you understand that people are gonna have different views, and I think like it's, it's you know, admitting that it's that it's a tough one, mm -hmm. uh, like it's not, there's nothing wrong with that, um, you know, but like it, it's, a, it's a situation where uh, 
a lot of times Republicans kind of mention this idea of like, well, just just have the baby, like just have it. And like you minimize the idea of what a torturous experience that would be for a mother to take a rape, the worst case, right? Rapist baby to term. That is utter torture. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. However, there are two horrible things associated with this event. Mm -hmm. One is a woman having to take a baby to term as a rape. It's terrible. We shouldn't dismiss how terrible it is. The other one is a life ending. Mm -hmm. It's death penalty. And that is kind of like why I can understand I can understand the emotion about it, and I can understand like you. I mean, Glenn even said it today. He's like, I know I'm hypocritical on this. It's right. the, it's it's impossible. Like it's, it's an impossible situation to have to deal with. And as we know, it's a very small percentage of the debate, and most of most of the time when it's brought up, it's just a Democratic talking point. Yeah. I find it interesting among you know I consider you guys smart conservatives who who think about these things a lot. Because it's a tough one to deal with, but as I've tried to deal with it and be as consistent, at least for me, as possible, I've, I've ended up saying I, I think it is uh, wrong to do it through that period. It's very difficult. The Republican kind of position is to say that rape and incest is uh, it, it's allowable. And by the way, that's the overwhelming majority of people. It's, it, it, you know, people, even pro-choice people, there's a large percentage of them. But I don't feel like they get that messaging out. Yes, I think. Like they, they, they have a hard true. time communicating yeah. that to the general public. And I feel like if they did, mm-hmm. and if the people who were you know, pro-life under every circumstance like you, yeah. <laughs> if all of us just said, okay, well, if, we, if the majority of us agree that abortion should not be allowed unless, you know, rape or incest or whatever, and we can all just like be out yeah. in the open that we can all agree to this point, Right. At least maybe we could get some traction there. Let's at least improve this freaking situation, right? right. I mean, like, you know, for example, the, the, the basic restriction that's thrown around in pro-life evil red states is limiting abortion between 20 and 24 weeks, second trimester. Uh, second trimester um, is uh, abortion in the second trimester is opposed by all Americans by 37 points. This is not a close issue. And that's all Republicans have basically been asking for. Now, sure. Would I love them to all go away? Yes, I would. Uh, And that is exactly what I'm fighting for. However, if we can move this the right way, I always used to joke about this and somewhat joking. Let's return to Roe. Roe versus Wade said first trimester, period. Then they had the exceptions for life of the mother and uh, and a couple of other uh, health of the mother and things like that in later terms. That, that's way, that's 12 weeks. That's way more restrictive than any state in the union. That's Roe versus Wade. That's not some liberal policy. That's the thing you keep praising if you're a Democrat. And if we could even go back to just that, right, like a 12-week uh, limit, I mean, it would improve the situation gr- uh, dramatically, and at least we'd be moving the right way. That's what's so devastating about stuff like Roe v. Wade is because it's just an entry drug to something more and more and more yeah. that's going to keep on compounding it better. That's why Obamacare was so devastating. It's going to be nearly impossible to, to get rid of, but it's the entry drug to more and more and more and more later. That's how these progressive policies work. All right, let's take a break. Back in a minute. I do think this gets viewed at some point, though. Maybe 100 or 200 Before we get to uh, what's going on at the border, I want to thank our sponsor, Cosmo Hurts Kids. Uh, Pat, I know you've worked with them for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, go it's, ahead. Um, to me, it's, it's a really important movement because uh, if you've seen the articles in Cosmo, you know, beyond any of the photographs, what they're selling visually, the, 
The articles are unbelievable, like teaching people the various sex positions. If, you, if it's your first time with a lesbian uh, experience, uh, here's what you should do. Or if you're having a three-way, these are just a few of the articles that are in this and month's they, edition. And they advertise it on the front cover, they too. Do. So you don't even have to actually right. dig into the magazine. To so Victoria Hurst, who's, who's the head of this campaign, just wants the state's material harmful to minor laws to be applied to Cosmos so that kids under 18 can can't buy it. Pretty reasonable, I think. She's not trying to censor the magazine. She's not trying to drive them out of business. Just make sure kids under 18 can't buy it. I mean, not crazy that's not crazy. It's her family's company. Yeah, it's right? the Hearst Corporation yeah. that that publishes Cosmo. So, yeah, it's. I wonder if it creates a little family issues. <laughs> yeah, at Christmas, it I'm might sure. be a little awkward. Yeah. Maybe. It's a strong stance, though. It, it is, is a strong stance, and yeah. she's really done a great job with this. So you go to CosmoHurtsKids.com if you agree. All right, Pat, uh, the border. Yeah, I'm wondering now, since this has been going on for so long, we're, you know, 28, 29, 30 days now with the shutdown, and it doesn't look like, it, it just doesn't look like there's a good way out for for Donald Trump to get a win on this, um, because I don't see Nancy Pelosi caving. I, I don't see Democrats giving in. Uh, they think that they're in the right, and they think that, that blaming Trump is uh, is insulating them from any fallout from this. And so how does the president extract himself from this with a win? And I'm just wondering what, you know, conservatives would be okay with. Would you be okay if they cut a deal that it's just fencing involved? If they could get that deal where it's mm-hmm. a total fence across the whole border, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. You know, just but you have to fund the whole thing. Um, would you be OK with him trading DACA for a, bo- a fence or a wall? That um, one I, that, I don't love, but I don't think they do either one of those things. Would I they? don't think they do. Yeah, I don't think they do. And so I, I don't know what you give up, though. What are you willing to trade for? You know, and I a year ago, I wasn't willing to trade DACA for the entire border wall funding. Uh, neither was the president. And now you look back on that and you think, wow, maybe that was a missed opportunity. I'm, I'm not sure. Because the, the wall is never, if, if it doesn't happen now, my belief is it's not going to, ever. We're never going to build it. So you think that there's no way that the president comes out with a win if he continues on. But what about, I mean, I feel like the majority of Americans agree with him and not with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, that there should be some sort of a border. You know, I mean, if this is the border of a country, there should be some sort of barrier in between said countries. I mean, I feel like the majority of Americans Mm -hmm. would agree with that. Yeah, I don't know if they agree with the polling. I don't know if they agree with the wall. Yeah. But I think they no, agree and that's what with I'm not security. The wall. Security, yes. security yes. and some sort of a barrier, not yes. the wall. But like you said, some sort of a fencing. Mm-hmm. I now, think that most Americans, yeah. from what I've been reading, not the wall, but right. they would agree with that idea. For some reason, they do draw the line, it seems like, at the wall. Which, is, which doesn't no, make any I, I sense. Like If you think yeah. we should keep people out, why, why does it matter? Back in uh, the day when Duncan Hunter was running for president, which was what, 2008, yeah. um, he was talking about his big part of this campaign was border security. And a big part of what he was talking about was not a wall, but a double fence. With a road in between that the that, that border patrol could like go they back have in San Diego, they which San Diego. He helped get built, which we, you know, and reduced uh, traffic by ninety five percent. There's actually a report I saw on CNN. Uh, 
the other day. And I, I were you watching CNN? Well, I mean, it's part of my job, unfortunately. <laughs> and so they're going to commercial, and I, it's a Brianna Keeler, one of their midday anchors, and she's like, she's like, uh, we're going to do a um, a reality check in just a moment um, about the wall. It, it, can they? Can we find any walls even around the world that are even working? And they go to break, and I'm what? like, are they going to tell me that they can't find oh a fence gosh. anywhere in the world that works? And I was, I was like, I was all fired up. I got my Twitter open. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here it comes. They're going to tell me there's no fences that work in the world, or this is going to be an amazing tale. And they came back, and you know what they said? Every example that they had works. Wow, really? The, the most, li- most le- the least successful wow. example they had was 95% deterrent. They talked about Israel. They talked about um, Hungary. And they talked about, was it Egypt? There's one other one they talked about. I can't remember the third. Uh, Why'd they go How forward? Did- they could have just showed Yuma, Arizona, and San Diego. Yeah, yeah. But they Those were also 80 However, to 90% However, didn't they give a caveat that it wouldn't work in the United States? So they said they did. The only caveat they gave was... The border, this is, you know, like, for example, they're saying Israel, right? It's like, too this hard. Is, this is desert on both sides, yeah. much easier to monitor, which is uh-huh. all true. Yeah. It would yeah. be more challenging on the U.S. border. It's a longer border. All that's true. We went to the moon, but we can't build a right, fence. Right, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, would it be can't harder it. to enforce? I think, you know, <laughs> yes, it would be harder. I think we all know that. Yeah. That being said, uh, that's not a reason not to do it. And they didn't say it wasn't a reason not to do it. I, I got to say, the actual the report was, I thought, basically Amazing. completely fair. That's staggering. Um, yeah, I, w- I was staggered, wow. too. I mean, the, the, the Israel numbers were... Well north of ninety five percent. There's like ninety nine point two percent. I think that's what uh, Netanyahu claims is like ninety nine percent. It has reduced uh, terror strikes by ninety nine percent in and Israel. Just people crossing that's the border. Incredible. It is, and it's so incredible. you know, walls obviously do work. Every person on earth uh, knows it. Anybody with a brain knows. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, like, it's not going to be one hundred percent effective. And 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 if you're per, if you're present, and I do think that's part of the re, the, the issue here, because I think you could say. Uh, one way to get out of the situation maybe that you're talking about is is honestly to give up on the wall and get billions yeah. and billions of dollars to do other things so they don't give Trump the win, but he, we still actually secure the border in some meaningful way. He, maybe he would go that way. I think, like, mm. right now, for Nancy Pelosi, this is about not giving Trump, Donald Trump something really I good. I think so, too. And I think at some level, for Donald Trump, is i got to get this wall done. I promise that if I don't get it, I lose. It's become a Lombardi trophy, yeah. really. Yeah, and that's the, that's the problem. That's why the, the mm. Democrats went from uh, 50-50 on it to 89-8 to against it. Because it's all about Donald Trump. And, and you know, I, like, this is a much bigger issue than Donald Trump. This is, a, this oh, is yeah. the border of our freaking country. I don't, to answer your question that you started, I, I don't think they can. I don't think they're willing to compromise on anything. anything. I don't no. think they're willing to yeah. give anything to compromise on either. it. I don't th- either. So where does this end? Well, this is what scares me, is I think it ends in Trump saying, okay, forget it. You guys can have it. Open the government. Whatever you guys pass, I'm going to sign. And then the next, very next day, national emergency. So you think he, he really totally think caves? He- Oh, and then, and then declares a national emergency. Okay. Which is, that scares Which me. Hurt. And that polling yeah, is even worse. That would hurt. The, the polling on the national emergency is a disaster even and among s- Republicans. And Go so many that. Republicans, again, mostly in Twitter fights that I'm seeing, mm-hmm. are saying, forget it. It is a national emergency, which I agree with. It is a national mm-hmm. emergency. It's an emergency to the nation. But we don't need to set this standard. Mm-hmm. And they've already hinted at the, their, uh, you know, their reprisal. What's going what's gonna to follow up with this? Climate change. Exactly. Emergency. You do your national emergency, we've got ours. It's yep. just waiting. Yep. Yep. And, and I think the, you know, for $5 billion, they're going to want more. They're going to want the whole, not just DACA, but the whole DREAM Act. They're going to want massive concessions from Donald Trump. And mm-hmm. I, honestly, if it comes to him being able to sell to the American people that he won and there's some part portion of the wall built, 
I think he might give it to them. And that's that to me is the most terrifying part of it. It's too bad as conservatives and, and Republicans have just done a crappy job mm-hmm. of defending the border situation forever. We, we started in the wrong way. We should have been pro legal immigration the whole time. You know, we should have been talking about things like just happened. The, the, the big uh, drug apprehension at the border that just happened this week. What mm-hmm. was it? 700, 700 pounds, pounds of cocaine. Of cocaine. Just the 700 pounds. Though. I mean, yeah. that's stuff that won't wind up in our children's veins or nostrils. Yeah. You're, um, you're good on the drug stuff. I yeah, I'm really good on the drug <laughs> <laughs> That's in drug culture. <laughs> uh, all right. We got to take a break. We'll be back. <laughs> Jason, I apologize. You told me you were going to go off on a rant, and I was overtime like, "Overtime is mine, baby." Save this yeah. for overtime. We're just going to sit. We might get some drinks. It's Friday. Not Let's Pat. He can have a, a, a water. I got some water. Well, yeah. He, he also could inject some cocaine. He could just <laughs> shoot it right up. And, uh, and the well, they stopped word. the coke that I was counting on. Oh, so if you want to watch it, watch it in overtime. You have not seen it yet. Go to blazetv.com. Right now you can get $10 off of your annual subscription if you use the promo code NEWS. We have got a whole giant lineup for you guys. We've got Steven Crowder, who just came back last night, uh, premiere his show, so you can go on and watch that. We've got Mark Levin. We've got Graham Allen. We just recently got Chad Prather. Everyone's coming over. Don't miss out. Go to blazetv.com, and we will see you guys in overtime next. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, Jason is now leashed. He's still leashed, but before <laughs> I unleash him, oh, sorry to take your sorry to take your phrase, mm, Pat. That's all right. <laughs> it's the <laughs> only way I can use to describe how Jason is chomping at the bit right now. Uh, before we do that, want to thank our sponsor, Mercury Real Estate. So, contrary to what some people might believe, the best way to pick your real estate agent is not to go to the phone book and blindfold yourself and randomly pick out a realtor and call them. Or, like Stu says, find the giant bench with the person's face and they're smiling and you sit on their smiling face. Yeah, it kinda, it's a fun game if you can just like find the bench that the homeless person is not sitting on the face. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the person you go with as a real estate agent. <laughs> That's how I do it. They're, I mean, but they're smiling really big, so right. you should trust them. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's a you, weird place to want an ad. Like, why would you want to put an ad where everybody's butt is going? Right? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, there are a lot of realtors these days, and a lot of them just kind of dabble. They have a full-time job, and then they do that on the side. Um, but if you are looking to buy or sell your home and you want a real estate agent who knows what they're doing, who does this full-time, who is all in, and who shares your values, you can go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, Glenn actually founded the company just because he had had so much experience with buying and selling homes, being in radio. And so they get their team together. They actually vet these real estate agents for you. So you don't have to do the vetting. So go to realestateagentsitrust.com. I know before I I started working here, just as a quick aside, um, I started hearing about real estate agents I trust. And I tried to remember any of my realtors I'd ever had. I was like, what was their... No, I can't remember yeah. any of their names. If they're not memorable. Probably should go to the website. Right. <laughs> so realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm a little bit nervous. 
Okay. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Welcome to this edition of I don't even know where to freaking start with this. Um, well, so that's a good, so that's not a, not a catchy good. title. <laughs> really, really sounded better. Okay. Sounded better in my head. Um, it it kind of goes right along with what we were just talking about with Pat with the border. Um, because there was this tit for tat going back and forth, you know, between uh, you know Pelosi and now Trump, with Pelosi canceling the State of the Union supposedly, and then Trump firing back, which I personally thought this was kind of awesome with uh, canceling <laughs> yeah, her. That's why he was elected. He's yeah. the only one that would do that. I know, right? The only one. Yep. Um, so anyway, but uh, so I'm kind of laughing at that, and I'm reading through different responses and stuff on Twitter, and I come across this tweet from uh, an organization called Vote Vets. And they kind of responded back uh, saying, at Speaker Pelosi, thank you for planning a visit to Afghanistan as one of your first trips as Speaker of this Congress. It's shameful that Donald Trump decided not to let you go. And I was like, so I was like, wow, that's kind of weird. Like, first off, who is Vote Vets? And I somewhat remember hearing about them like a couple weeks ago when I was doing research for Glenn on another topic about dark money. And I was like, is that where I remember seeing them from? So I looked back in my, um, in my research and I was like, aha, this is who that group is. And I was like, no wonder, because it doesn't really sound like a common, like, I don't think most vets are, would just be, like, so, like, horrified that Nancy Pelosi didn't visit them in Afghanistan. <laughs> no, I was actually in Afghanistan, and the USO, USO tour came to see us. We had the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. We had, uh, which you would have loved, Stu. I would have um, loved, yes. I, I, <laughs> I never have, I have no problem with the cheerleaders. The only part of the Dallas yes. Cowboys. Uh, who's the guy that love. does prices right now? Uh, what's that guy's name? Oh, Drew Carey. Drew Carey. Yeah. Oh, Drew Carey. Drew Carey, and then Mr. Las Vegas, who is uh, the singer. Uh, oh, what's, you, know, you know what I'm talking about, Pat? Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton. And oh, Wayne Newton. nice. All three of them. That was awesome. Wayne, we had guys Wayne like Newton's awesome. We had guys coming in off out of the out of the trenches, out of the foxholes to come see this. Hmm. Now, if Nancy Pelosi came, <laughs> there might have been three or four people there. <laughs> and, you know, wouldn't have cared. All right. No. So I'm like, why is Vote Vets caring about this? So anyway, so I looked back at Vote Vote Vets. They are a front group for the Democratic Party. That, that's all they are. Um, they are, you know, as the left has criticized us for, for the, or the right for dark money, they epitomize dark money. They get the vast majority of their funds from people like Media Matters, uh, David Brock, and all of his gazillion uh, acronyms for all his different, you know, different, you know, like Share Blue, all that mm -hmm. junk. Um, George Soros groups, um, all of these like crazy groups that you know are funneling money into other little uh, organizations like Vote Vets, so that they can help disclose where they're getting a lot of this information from. Um, there's, I would pull up this graphic here. Um, as many people were fighting with me, saying no, they're all about veterans' issues. Um, I was trying to say that it was it's bipartisan. They were, uh, they were trying to say that it's bipartisan, and I'm like, to be bipartisan, you'd have to donate to both sides, as long as it's a vet issue. Now, this is some of the, some of the uh, so four Democrats. This is last uh, 2017, 2018. Over five million for Democrats. Zero dollars went against Democrats. Zero dollars for Republicans, but over uh, almost eight million dollars <laughs> against Republicans. That's pretty balanced. Wow, uh, fair and balanced, it, it, right? Depends on how you look at it, but it could you could think that's balanced. <laughs> there is nothing like vet issues are bipartisan. I, so I'm not saying the GOP is all great with vets. I'm not saying that. No. Although some people were pigeonholing me into that on Twitter, I'm not saying that. And not all Democrats are bad on vet issues. They're, they're not. They're not all good. They're not all bad. They're bipartisan. Now, if you're going to create this organization and you're going to say, look, and you're just going to title it Vote Vets, you're going to get a ton of, of veterans who are like, hey, yeah, I'm all about putting vets into you know, government. Right on. And they're just going to click that and probably click donate. And it's the most deceptive thing I've seen for some of these groups because they're not. They're just a front group for the Democratic Party and progressive uh, causes. Yeah. That's all they are. 
And this is a part of a larger strategy by Democrats. And it's, you know, if it wasn't so distasteful, it would be a smart strategy. They take uh, Democrats uh, who are veterans and they put them up against Republicans in purple districts. And there's enough people who are, look, I, you know, I'm kind of torn on these issues, but I love the military that normally vote Republican that will switch over and vote for the Democrat if it's a veteran, a person who stood up for our country and did really amazing things. A lot of these guys that are Democrats did. I mean, you, I'm sure you were with a million Democrats that were there and, you know, they they were great, you know, in, in service of our country as well. But again, this is about policy. It's not, it's not, you know, we're not electing a soldier right there. We're electing a congressperson. And that, that it's about policy at that point. Yeah. You don't just vote for a veteran just because they're a veteran. Like, right. just I wouldn't vote for an Eagles fan just because it was an Eagles fan, yeah. which would be my, of course, you know, core belief. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, there's some that are, are conservative and some that are liberal, some that would be good congresspeople, some that wouldn't be. Yep. Um, and they, they are using veterans um, to be able to go after seats in competitive districts because they know they can win over just enough people who respect the military and, and have the right motivation in that set, but will be won over by that instead of looking at the policies. So that's, that's underhanded in a, in a way, and it's underhanded. I totally agree. And I, I, in a roundabout way, I pretty much said the exact same thing. And I think it's so distasteful. Like Even the, the people that started this, the people that are on the board of this, I think the vast majority of them are veterans. The vast majority of the candidates they support are veterans, but it's all for this purpose. Mm-hmm. Now, don't go out and try. It's, in, my opinion, in my opinion, they're purposely trying to be deceitful on this. They're trying to, you know, you know, throw out the veteran card and say, you know, and, and either get emotional. But there's a few things that you can say that really kind of stop someone's attack on you. It, being a veteran is one of them. Yeah. You know, it's sad. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, I guess it's both sad and it's, it's, it's a little legitimate because you respect the, what right. they've done yeah. for the country. But that shouldn't be a trump card. You know, just because I'm a veteran doesn't mean you have to agree with everything I say right. or that everything I say is going to be smart and good for the country. It's not. I say a lot of stupid stuff and do a lot of stupid stuff. Yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but there is nothing bipartisan about this, and that's exactly what veterans' issues should be. Have one of these groups, but make it completely, completely bipartisan. Go, be on both sides. Or don't. Be what Vote Vets is, but don't, say, don't hold the veteran title out as if that's what you're all about. Call it something else. You know, call it... You know, I don't know. Call it Media Matters for America because that's pretty much what they're all about, or, or whatever. Um, they, they they talked about how uh, I got several several people that were coming after me on this, like a ton of people, and they were all vets. You could tell they were all uh, Democrats, which is fine. A lot of them were progressives, but they could not get uh, that. They couldn't get this core issue, and it just really shocked me. I, I just could not believe that we couldn't all come together as people that defended the country that this is a bipartisan issue, and we shouldn't be using the the moniker of veteran, and you know, in a, in a deceitful way. Uh, Vote Vets uh, started when they came out against, I think it was Bush, they, uh, they made the organization then to, to, uh, to uh, be against the Iraq invasion, be against the Iraq war. Okay, whatever, fine. Um, and then ever since then, they've, they've opposed every single uh, you know, military action as long as it's the GOP administration. Right, of course. They, so. They've never come out. They weren't against Libya. They weren't against <laughs> Afghanistan Jeez. under Obama. They weren't against several, uh, you know, incursions, uh, things we did in Africa. None of those things. Of course not. Of course Never, not. ever. Now tell me, are they all about veterans? Right. No, of course not. They're chasing an agenda, and they're using the veteran name to do that, and that pisses me off. Um, I want to, c- good job on the time, Thanks. by the way. I could have gone longer. I still can. I still got <laughs> no, longer. No, we're no, so we're anyway, all moving on. <laughs> we're all set. Uh, I want to cover, I want to talk about really quickly um, the BuzzFeed uh, report that came out. But I, so I guess, you know what, let's first, I want to show the headline that I read from CNN mm-hmm. um, about the BuzzFeed report and some of the excerpts from this. So this may be the smoking gun in the Russia investigation. 
Um, and then let's go to the, yeah. So um, they explained that Trump directed Cohen to lie to Congress. And this is how it's written. This report says President Donald Trump directed his longtime attorney, Michael Cohen, to lie to Congress about negotiations to build Trump Tower in Moscow. <clears throat> and so it goes into this whole report and it looks pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's like President Trump directed Cohen to lie. Then if you go deeper into the article and it finally says it says it's hard to overstate what a big deal that is. Oh, wait, no other major mm -hmm. outlets have confirmed that this report but if they're right, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty irresponsible to me to publish all of this and then say, well, we, like, we can't say for sure that it's real, but imagine what it would be like if it was real, right? Right, right. Uh, BuzzFeed, you know, did do this report. Um, yeah. You know, they've had, it was two main reporters on this. And it's an interesting, that's an interesting part of the story. One of the reporters has had major problems with fabricating sources and, and things like that. The other reporter has had no marks against his record that I know of like that, but he has not seen the evidence. He was on CNN today, and they asked him, have you actually seen the evidence? And he said no, not personally. Mm -hmm. The other reporter, the one that's had problems with, with, uh, with his journalistic integrity in the past, um, he said he has seen them. So that's kind of where we are right now with this. I think, like, the only thing we—you don't have—I saw a lot of people arguing, is this true, is it not true? Um, and really, there's no reason to make that argument now. We're going to know either way when the Mueller report comes out. We're going to be able to see the evidence. And if they have evidence about this, um, you know, we're going to know that it was this, this report was true. I'll say in BuzzFeed's defense at some level, they had the um, signed letter of intent for the uh, Russian letter in Moscow six months before anyone else did. They reported on that and they were right. Um, and so that was the thing that we talked to Bill O'Reilly about. Was it, it wasn't the same journalist, was it? I don't it know if it was the same, same journalist off the top of my head. I thought it may have been one of the reporters. I'm just not, I'm not 100% sure. But they had that story. And BuzzFeed is not, like, they do a lot of, obviously, nonsense, and they're kind of known for their nonsense. But yeah. their news department has legitimate reporters in it. And they're not always right. And they've done some things that I think are highly questionable. Nonsense. The articles like 49 things you should say to your plumber. Well, I didn't say Thursday. that article was nonsense. <laughs> well, those are those are great you articles. Have, you have to say forty nine uh, things that you have to say to your plumber on Friday was a bit of a you that was a little bit one. more of a stretch. Okay, that was a little <laughs> more of a stretch. And they, they're never there on Fridays. Never. Um, but uh, so I mean, like I, I will I say the the, the the way that they're poising themselves. Yes. Without saying. But anyone can verify it is troubling to me as a reporter. True. The, the one reporter says they can verify it. But beyond that, like the step, one who has credibility, yes, problems. credibility issues. But step back from that for a moment. It's not important right now yeah. whether it's true or not. We're going to know at some point whether they were telling the truth or not. I don't know what the motivation is in particular for a BuzzFeed to come out and do a report like that if they don't actually have this information, because it's going to be so easily disproved when the Mueller investigation comes out. My belief is they have something. Right. It's and mo something more than what Cohen has said. But who cares what I believe or who cares what anyone believes? It's going to come out. The time the thing to ask yourself today, I believe, is if it's true, does it matter? If forget if it's not true, we know it doesn't matter. If it's true, does it matter? If yes. Donald Trump went to Michael Cohen and said, yes. lie to Congress about it this matter, does it matter to you? Impeachable. It does. Ask yourself. Yes. It yeah. is. Yep. It's been an impeachable offense under Clinton. It was an impeachable offense under Nixon. Mm -hmm. um, both were used for both of those. So I think, like, take yourself out of, like, the, the, the media firestorm here. If it is important to you, lock yourself into that viewpoint now before it comes out and everyone's fighting about it. If it comes out and it's not 
true, then you're going to have a great point against BuzzFeed to beat him into the ground in a submission forever. Have you taken the BuzzFeed test, though, as to which gay <laughs> Disney princess you would be? Yes. All, okay. I was actually there's, all there's of them. ten. So <laughs> all ten. <laughs> they were all ten? Yeah, it was all okay. ten. All I right, guess good. I answered those questions good. correctly. <laughs> uh, all right. Today's poll. Do you support the March for Life? I hope so. I hope our audience would support the March for Life. Let us know at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here no, today. No, no, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, we'll see you guys Monday. I'm going to go antagonize Jason Moore on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like right now. I got this thing. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.